You're listening to the Third Down Squad Podcast, the best international news podcast for the National Football League. We're your hosts, Derek, Josh, and Toby. Let's get you ready for a new set of downs on Sunday. What's up, everybody? Welcome to week 13 of the Third Down Squad Podcast. Toby has given me the gracious opportunity to start the intro for this podcast this week. It's obviously me, Derek, on the left. Josh is in the middle. Toby is on the right. And we have a really fun podcast for you guys this week. And we're going to start it with the recap of last week's games. Uh, Toby, why don't you go ahead and start? All right. Yeah, of course, I'm going to start this off here. And, yeah, one game that really stuck with me last week was, of course, the Patriots game. Um, the Patriots, of course, uh, um, they didn't really look that good the last couple of weeks they played, especially against the, the Titans, that game that they lost at home. It was really embarrassing. And this week, again, I don't know what they did in that first half, but they went tied into the half against the New York Jets. What, what, what's happening with Tom Brady there? It's, it, he's not looking like Tom Brady anymore. I don't know if the age is actually coming to him or if it is just, I don't know, if his receivers are getting old or if the game plan is just not fit for the modern NFL anymore. But, yeah, that's the one thing that kind of stood out to me last week is the first half uh, by the Patriots. And, yeah, I mean, the, the Thanksgiving games, oh, my God, the first two games, how boring were those games? I mean, they they were just not entertaining at all. They were hyped up, but nothing really delivered. Uh, I kind the first game between the uh, the Bears and the Lions, I was kind of half watching anymore after the first quarter because I just got bored and did some stuff for the podcast and just kind of headed on next to working on the podcast here, but it. it I mean, that was just so boring. What's going on with yeah. the games right now? Hey, I'm just lucky I had LeGarrette Blunt starting in that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got me 23 points. Yeah, the one game that you needed him. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, Josh, what were your takes from last week? All right, Chase, Dad, Nathan, if you're listening to this, the Browns-Bengals game. Who saw that happening? I mean – Nobody would know they'd come out to a 28-0 lead. That was ridiculous. I mean, Baker Mayfield actually played extraordinary. Yeah. And, like, that whole game, I mean, he was accurate as all, albeit. I mean, there was no stopping him until, uh, I don't know, what would you say, just about midway into almost halftime right there where they started to slow down the pace. Yeah, just to get into halftime, that's about where yeah. they started to slow down. Yeah, but my favorite part, though, was uh, when uh, Randall intercepted the ball, ran over to Hugh Jackson and handed it yeah, to him. Yeah, that, that was just fantastic. Yeah, that was, that was just tried to give him a pat on the yeah. back. Like, hey, what's <laughs> that, good, that, dude? That's an excellent uh, just gift right there to give him yeah. right there. You know, I mean, in all honesty, I think that was probably the best Browns game Ever, even I'm not. I'm not really much of a Browns fan, but I enjoy watching their games. Yeah, that was really good. And yeah, I, and I just absolutely liked that game just because I felt good about the Browns. Yeah, it was finally a good game to watch, and that's hard to say for a Browns game. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's definitely been fun to watch these Browns games over the last couple weeks. Uh, like you said, Toby, Thanksgiving games weren't very exciting except for the Saints game, obviously. Yeah. Uh, you guys got me on the Bengals pick. Y'all got me on that one. I thought the Bengals would come up, but they didn't. But I did get you guys on the Eagles and on the Seahawks coming back. So I gained one game closer That's to Josh true, yeah. on the record boards. But, yeah, I mean, this this week was pretty close to what we thought. Buccaneers had their way with the 49ers. Jags actually almost got beat by the Bills. Yeah. I mean, that, that one was crazy. Ravens handed Raiders pretty decently. Uh, and like Toby said, you know, the the Patriots just haven't looked the same. I don't know what's going on with them. It made it difficult to put them in my top five right now. I don't know what's going on with them. I can say that I don't think it's Tom Brady. I think it might just be because of they just got Gronk back. I think they tried to incorporate him into the system and kind of slowed down their offense at that time. But their defense just – even giving up 17 to the Jets just seems bad to me. But, I mean, we'll have to see how the Patriots do down the road. They got a tough opponent this week against the Vikings. And then – Obviously, the Steelers losing to the Broncos, I think, was the biggest upset of this week because uh, I don't think a lot of people saw the Broncos winning that game, Definitely, especially yeah. how it was going early. But uh, Big Ben made a couple of mistakes down the road, especially on when they were down at the one-yard line making that terrible throw, which he claims wasn't his fault. But, of course, that's what Big Ben does. He likes to blame yeah. other people. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, again, another fun-filled week. Yeah. I just think that for the Steelers, there's no Todd Haley to blame anymore. It's going to be all on Big Ben. Yeah, no, it's just Big Ben. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, of course, now we touched on about every other game uh, this week. Uh, we only didn't really touch on two games, of course, because we're going to talk about them now. And, yeah, you guys are going to start us off again with your Indianapolis Colts. All right. Give us a recap. All right. right. I'll start us off this time, Derek. All right. I saw some of the game, and let me tell you, that had me just on the edge of my seat all the way up until the final play. That one throw from Luck to Chester Rogers, that was – I almost fell flat on my face. I was I was like leaning that far forward off my couch because I'm like he's like bobbing and weaving like yeah. he's Muhammad Ali out there, and then he finds Chester Rogers. I'm thinking he's going for uh, the running back down to the right, but nope. I just see him just pull back and throw it, and it's just a perfect dime to Chester Rogers to set up the Adam Vinatieri field goal. Mm-hmm. I mean, Leonard on the defense, he's brought that spark. I don't know if you've seen any uh, videos at all on him. But when he's, when he's, yeah. yeah, when he's mic'd up, he's getting everybody hyped. And he goes like, man, where's the goat? I want some milk. Give me the go- – where's the goat? I want some milk. He's going to go on all that. He's doing all that crazy stuff out there, man. He's really energetic. I just think if we get him some more help, like with the left outside linebacker and the right outside linebacker in the future, we're going to have a pretty solid secondary. We just got to fortify that defensive line. And I mean, the defense does a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. But I think if they do enough to get by and get love, uh, get luck the ball back, I think that the Colts ha- are going to be the dark horse, maybe even the uh, AFC South champion if they can beat the Texans and the Texans just fall apart. But yeah. Yeah. I think 
They're going to definitely be the dark horse coming into the playoffs once that season. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, again, shout out to Andrew Luck. He was just named AFC Offensive Player of the Month. He definitely deserves that award. Uh, And, of course, we all know the sack streak ended in that game. However, the Colts still are only giving up 11 sacks throughout 11 games. That is first in sack efficiency at a 2.13, which is slightly better than the New Orleans Saints. Again, Dolphins were the toughest opponent in uh, since week six for the Colts. Uh, and to be completely honest, I think our passing game actually did better than our run game in that game, to be, to be completely honest. Besides the one really unlucky throw that Tannehill had to his tight end that just happened to get over Kenny Moore's head, other than that, that was the only really deep threat or deep ball that they've been they were able to throw all game. Uh, Frank Gore had some pretty good runs in that first and second half. Uh, obviously, the Dolphins uh, got ahead late, up by ten with about eight minutes left. Uh, Luck obviously struggled for the first time in about two months, uh, threw two interceptions, but you know I think a lot of people really are harping on that a little too much. You know, we see quarterbacks throw three, four, five interceptions in a game, and sometimes they don't react the same way they're doing with Andrew Luck right now. But, again, like you said, Josh, Darius Leonard, that dude is an absolute beast. He is just putting on a clinic on the defensive side of the ball. Again, if you have anyone else being rookie defensive player of the year, stop hitting yourselves. This kid is a maniac, and there's a reason they call him the maniac. And going into this next week, uh, like we were talking about earlier in the po- uh, before the podcast started, the Colts are easy favorites to win against the Jags this next yeah. week. Like we said, again, Bortles is getting benched, which I don't think is smart for the Jacksonville Jaguars because Blake Bortles always tears up our defense. Uh, Leonard Fournette obviously got suspended tried appealing it, but did not get accepted. Uh, no Andrew Norwell, who's their outstanding off uh, guard, who just got paid. Uh, Jalen Ramsey may not be playing in that game. And they fired their OC last week. So this is perfect for the Colts right now. And considering the Ravens are the only other team that are 6-5, and five, and it, they have a, a somewhat difficult opponent with the Falcons and their offense coming up, you could potentially see the Colts being the uh, last playoff spot for the AFC after this week. Yeah, of course, the the Colts are looking really good right now in the AFC South. And, yeah, that, that, I think that game was just a little bit of an outlier. It was that one, that one game that they needed to get kind of going again. That wake up yeah. call yeah. And, to kind of. And not... the sad part is, is that I was saying like Vinatieri missed that that kick earlier in the game. He yeah. he had a terrible first step and like closed in on the ball too much. And I was sitting there on my on my chair. I was like, oh my gosh, what what yeah. is this man doing? And then he ends up hitting the game winner. I'm like, Vinatieri, I'm sorry I ever judged you, man. You're yeah, I, I mean you can't judge a guy like Adam Vinatieri. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. 
That's, uh, I mean, you hit some, you miss some, but Vinatieri is uh, the best there ever was at kicker in the NFL. Oh, so, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, before we move on to your Saints really quick, I want to say about Darius. I was listening to uh, Colin Cowherd's uh, little spiel on him a couple days ago, and apparently he never played a down in college, like his final season. Yeah. Really? Yeah, he said something like that. And I'm like, he, Leonard is by far the biggest steal of this draft. You can't yeah, tell me. Yeah, he was, thing. yeah. Oh, he, yeah. I mean, there were many people who, again, I said earlier, I think a couple weeks ago, they said that was probably the worst pick of the entire draft. Like, everyone was like, Darius Leonard's going to be a bust. Like, people yeah. kept saying that for Joey Bosa, but anyone who said that was is stupid – but obviously, we just got the best defensive player in the entire draft. Yeah, and it, it, it's the same, as you said. It's the same with Darius Le- Leonard and uh, the same with Marcus Davenport, the Saints uh, got who they traded up for. Everybody was saying, what are they doing? They get, uh, they are giving away two first-round picks for a defensive end that uh, might not really work out. They, nobody had him really high, and now he's rated the best edge defender. Uh, the ed- best edge defender is a rookie in the NFL right now, and he was hurt for three games. So uh, it's the same with the Saints. And, yeah, of course, now that I'm already with the Saints, I'm going to uh, stack up on that. With, what a uh, great segue. What yeah. a great segue right <laughs> <there>. <laughs> <laughs> um, But, yeah, last week – we ate some birds for Thanksgiving. Um, it was the worst game for the Saints in a couple of weeks against the Falcons last week, but still they managed to win it. Uh, but yeah, the offense had a pretty rough start to the game. They didn't really get anything going at first, especially Drew Brees kind of looked off a little bit in the first one or two drives there. But... Um, yeah, they got rolling pretty quick after they uh, established a pretty good run game with Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. Especially Mark Ingram looked really good the first couple of drives. Had a couple of really good runs for 20 yards there. Uh, but, of course, the one thing that has to be mentioned with that game are the four touchdowns for four undrafted free agents in that game. Nobody is uh, that was established on the team Neither Mark Ingram, nor uh, Alvin Kamara, nor Michael Thomas, nor Benjamin Watson did catch a football. The four guys that caught a, uh, a touchdown in the game were Tommy Lee Lewis, who had a second career touchdown, Austin Carr, who also had his second career touchdown, Dan Arnold, who had his first career touchdown, and Keith Kirkwood, who also had his first career touchdown. Pretty amazing to see four guys that had a combined two touchdowns before the game catching four touchdowns in the game. It's amazing. Uh, that's where you can see the class of Drew Brees. Uh, he can make anybody good. Uh, they just have to sign guys off the street, basically. Uh, as long as Drew Brees is throwing to the receivers, uh, yeah. basically anybody can catch a touchdown on that team. But on the other side of the football, uh, I mean, that Saints run defense is just its outstanding. Usually, the last couple of years, the Saints really struggled to uh, defend against the rush, but this year they—I don't know what they found. It's uh, their linebackers are finally—they have good linebackers right now that can stop the run. That's the one thing that they were missing the last couple of years. But last week they had a total—they allowed a total of 26 rushing yards against the Falcons, 
who have a pretty good duo of running backs in there, if I say so. So usually teams are uh, allowing a lot more rushing yards than that against the team. They had 16 rushes for that 26 yards, which is an average of uh, 1.6 yards per rush. And, I mean, the leading rusher for the Falcons was, in the end, actually their quarterback in Matt Ryan, who had two rushes for 16 yards. And, I mean, it's not a good sign when your quarterback is accounting for more than 50% of your rushing yards. That means something is going pretty wrong or your defense is doing something really right uh, to stop the run there. And actually, that's one thing that is really important for this week, or actually, as we're recording this, the game is only away, what, two hours? So, yeah, two hours away. Yeah, so uh, that's the, the important part against the Dallas Cowboys this week, of course. Uh, when you guys are listening to it, you already know how the game ended, but we don't know that now. But the key part for the Saints is stopping Ezekiel Elliott. The Cowboys are only 1-4 if Ezekiel Elliott is below 100 yards in rushing. So if they can keep Ezekiel Elliott out of the game, um, there is little chance for the Cowboys to win that game. Actually, mm-hmm. I did not change the segment down there. Sorry about that. Now we with, we are with the Saints. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the one part this week. Um The important part, I think, is also that the Saints have to get into the lead early so they kind of bring uh, an urgency to the Cowboys that they have to pass the ball with Dak Prescott, which is not really their strong suit. They kind of got better with Amari Cooper uh, after they got him because he had a, a really good target for Dak Prescott. But... I don't think that they have a really good chance if the Saints can keep Ezekiel Elliott contained in the backfield there. But yeah, as long as as long as Ezekiel Elliott doesn't get above 100 yards, yeah, then that Saints defense will keep them maintained, and I do believe the Saints will end up winning that one. Yeah, I think so too. But uh, the key part is stopping uh, Ezekiel Elliott in that game because I don't think that Dak Prescott can beat the Saints when they have yeah. to pass the ball he he when he go he's going straight up against Drew Brees basically and he's not going to be he's not going to win that matchup yeah he's going to need Zeke's help tonight that's for sure yeah that's for sure but yeah that now we're done with the Saints uh but yeah Derek already mentioned a couple of news for this week in the NFL when he was talking about the matchup between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Indianapolis Colts but, of course, there were some other news as well. Of course, I'm just going to repeat the news that Derek already mentioned, that the Jaguars have benched Blake Bortles uh, in favor of Cody Kessler, who is going to start this game against the Colts this week. Um, not sure why they made that decision this week, but, I mean, the season is over for the Jags anyway, and it's going to be an easy win for the Colts this week. So, take the W, Colts Nation. Uh and yeah, we're, we're keep taking going. W's and giving L's. That's yeah. how it works around. <laughs> and of course, the other news for the Jacks, Derek also mentioned that as well. Leonard Fournette will not play the game against Indianapolis as he lost his appeal today for the one-game suspension after throwing punches in the game against the Bills last week, in which he was also ejected. And yeah. Uh, in other news this week uh, was, of course, a big topic, Ruben Foster, who was charged with a domestic assault, was immediately released by the 49ers. Uh, 
uh, and almost immediately was picked up by the Washington Redskins, uh, who said that the incident was not really that major, so they are not concerned about it. Um, what do you guys think? Is uh, picking up Ruben Foster right now really a good decision for the Redskins? I'll, I'll start this one. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll just say this. No, it is not a good idea to do this right now. If anything, if, if Ruben does end up getting charged with this completely, and this does completely go through, I'm wondering why the NFL didn't do something to start this to begin with. I mean, he should be kicked out of the league for an extended period of time. I don't care that he's on a team or he wasn't on a team. He should be kicked out of the league for specific measures because they went out of their way to get Ezekiel Elliott suspended for six games for this exact reason, even though their lead investigator said there was no reason to. But now you have a strong case against Ruben Foster, who's had legal issues ever since he was in college. And now all of a sudden, it, it, there's nothing. There's nothing that m- makes sense. And and I don't like how the Redskins owner stated how this. And I'll directly quote it. He says, "This issue is potatoes compared to what else is going on around the NFL." Yeah. I don't know what else is going around the NFL that's that's that much bigger than domestic violence. I think that all three of us here can definitively say that besides maybe murder, that domestic violence may be the worst thing that could ever be done by a human being to another yeah. human being. Yeah. Th- this is should not be tolerated. NFL should take action on this, should step in and make sure that Reuben Foster gets his discipline that he deserves. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. So from what I've heard, I think that they said this is the same person that wrongly accused him last time yeah if i'm not mistaken yeah so I, this is one of those ones where it's like take it with a grain of salt because i'm because i regardless of if he did or didn't do it i still don't like the fact that this is tacked on to like he shouldn't like derek said at least get suspended the rest of the season yeah because the niners weren't going anywhere with him anyway but uh, i mean and then have him sort it out in the off season. And if everything's all clear, then he can come back in. But I think from what I saw from what the Redskins said is that they had so many Alabama players on their defense that they felt like he needed to come over there and uh, just have other teammates that understood him around him. Mm-hmm. That's why I th- That's why they said that the Redskins ended up signing him off of waivers immediately yeah. after the nine go. I can kind of see what they're doing, you know, surrounding him with people that he knows and he's known since college and all that. But I still think like what Derek said, this was the wrong time to really sign Reuben Foster while this is still going on. Cause you can't get him. You just signed him and he can't even really play right now because of all of this. So you just might've ended up just wasting some valuable cap space money on somebody that can actually play and has like a clean record and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if he actually betters himself, he's a really good player. Yeah, he, he right. really has the talent. But I mean, as Josh said, they are trying to surround him with people that he knows. But Ruben Foster was known as that kind of person from college onwards. So 
he was the same guy that he is now in college and he had these guys around him in college already why would it be different now that he's with the Redskins and playing in the NFL than when he was back in college so I don't think just surrounding him with former teammates from Alabama he's not gonna change his personality so um, I don't feel that being uh, some kind of argument why you would sign him right now I think they see the talent in in him that he is a really good linebacker for them so um, I feel like they are kind of overlooking the bad side personality wise just because of the talent that he is which y you should not do right now I mean um, Derek you said it it's it's the same charges that Ezekiel Elliott had that were discussed this off season and now the NFL is not doing anything so um, uh, I mean yeah it would be kind of Good, a good sign by the NFL to send if they would suspend him right now but I feel like uh, you shouldn't kind of uh, jump the gun there because mm -hmm. if you suspend him now you kind of you judge him right now you're saying okay uh, it's it's for sure that you have done this but you have no chance to say okay I, I wasn't doing that because as Josh said uh, his girlfriend did accuse him falsely before so um, you kind of have to see uh, these accusations with a little bit of uh, with a grain of salt and kind of not jump to a conclusion so you kind of have to investigate it so I feel like there is more to come in the offseason again that's one of the topics again we're gonna have the same discussions in the offseason like we did last year with Ezekiel Elliott uh, should he be suspended is there gonna be a suspension for six games or even more um, but yeah I think that's gonna come up in the offseason but right now I don't think a suspension would be fair to him without any real investigation for it but I feel like they're gonna do it in uh, in the offseason I'm not I'm not defending Rob Ruben Foster here if he actually uh, uh, did assault his girlfriend uh, like Derek said there's nothing much that is worse than domestic assault uh, but I think everybody is uh, entitled to uh, a fair assessment of he is actually guilty of what he's accused of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, coming to something uh, a little bit lighter of a topic now with the whole controversy between Baker Mayfield and Houston Jackson, uh, Josh was already, uh, when he t uh, talked about the, the Browns and Cincinnati game, that the Browns players were kind of mocking Hugh Jackson and of course Baker Mayfield uh, kind of uh, went a little bit over in I think personally in his press conference when he was talking about Hugh Jackson that uh, it yeah it was kind of good to for him to leave the game uh, to leave the team and that it was a major improvement for them to have him gone in in Cleveland but yeah you uh, I kind of feel like that he might close a lot of doors in the future in the NFL cuz Baker's going to be around for a long time and maybe he's going to go to a team that Hugh Jackson is on the coaching staff again and I don't know if the relationship between the two of them will be that great in the future when Baker Mayfield comes out and says this kind of stuff again uh, 
uh, about uh, Hugh Jackson now. So how do you guys feel? Should he express himself like he did and tell the truth or kind of hold back and kind of maintain the relationships that uh, he might need in the future of, uh, of the league? All right, I'll start us off on this one here. I think after I live with a, I live and know a bunch of Browns fans, and I know how they felt about Hugh Jackson. Some people supported him. I don't know why, but they did, and they're they're that's their opinion, and I respect that. And other people's downright, I don't want to use hate. I want to say strongly disliked yeah. Hugh Jackson to the point where they wanted him off the team after that 0-16 season. So I think what Baker should have done is, I, I know that Hugh kind of, well, not kind of, he was kind of a drab to like be around. Just looking at him on the sidelines, he didn't look that enthusiastic at all. And in all honesty, it looked like he was hurting Baker Mayfield statistically. Yeah. After they got that. But I think Baker should have, you know, I guess, acted a little bit more professional in that one. Cause I know yeah. it's his rookie season. And he wants to be outspoken and stuff like that. But if you're going to just start disrespecting somebody that was your head coach for regardless of it was like almost not even like an entire season, he still is another like person in the same league as you with the same yeah. job. And like you said, Toby, if he's on the same coaching staff with him again, there's already a strained relationship there and they're already get, they're going to be horrible. Yeah. I just think that, for him, for Baker Mayfield to be considered one of the greats in the near future, he just has to learn to deal with it, you know, and move on, and then talk about it in his like biography in his book. Yeah, retires. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to Chase about this uh, earlier today. He was asking me, was Baker in the wrong for what he said about Hugh Jackson? And I mean, to be completely honest, he's just saying a lot of what. Cleveland Browns fans have been saying for the last two years. I don't really have a problem with what Baker Mayfield said. I have a problem with how he's delivering it. The issue is you can you can have an opinion on somebody. I mean, it's not it's not like it's it's set in stone. It's not like it's cherry pops over there. Baker Mayfield was your franchise guy. You brought him in here to be that guy. And then when Hugh Jackson is slowing him down, and Hugh Jackson has been your demise for this franchise for the last three years. There are going to be a lot of people, and it's Baker's not the only one that feels this way. There are yeah. a lot of Browns players, the majority of them, that feel the exact same way. They felt that Hugh Jackson was a fake coach. He should not have been there. He should have been gone long ago. He was holding them back. I mean – they just didn't want to come out, but Baker Mayfield is that guy. He is confident. He is loud. If he has an opinion, he will make sure that it gets voiced. I just think that if you wanted to say it, say, oh, Hugh Jackson, you know, I mean, it's all business at the end of the day. I didn't like him as a head coach. I yeah. didn't. I didn't think yeah. he was. I felt like he was holding us back. I'm okay with that. But then when you say it, say – that's the end of it. I'm not talking about it anymore. The fact that he keeps talking about it and keeps wanting to keep iterating on it. And I know that Chase was saying, oh, you know, at his press conference today, there were reporters that kept trying to get more information out of him. Listen, you as a player can say, I'm not answering that question. Yeah. I told you what I've already said. I told you I didn't like Hugh Jackson as the head coach of this team. 
Okay, straightforward. I mean, nobody in Brown, in the Browns organization, no, not many Browns fans liked Hugh Jackson as a head coach. Yeah. But again, I didn't have a problem with him saying what he said. I just have an issue with how he delivered it and the way he made it perceived. Yeah, uh, yeah, like you said, if you're coming out and just saying, okay, I, he was a bad coach, he, it wasn't a great fit or something, uh, it it's all good, and everybody would say, okay, yeah, you're right. Hugh Jackson might not be the right coach for the Browns, for you, or anything, or be a great head coach for the NFL even. Uh, but uh, the way that uh, Baker delivered it, it, it kind of felt personal. Mm -hmm. So uh, I feel like he's not hurting, uh, not only hurting himself in relation to Hugh Jackson but also to about every other coach in the NFL. Because, yeah, he, it might not work out with the Browns or the Browns might fi find somebody else in the future and they trade Baker Mayfield to another team. And uh, what's the relationship going to be with the head coach or any other coach there when they know, okay, if he doesn't like me, he's going to take it personal and he's going to say it uh, in a personal way uh just uh, in front of the press in the public and all that stuff that that's happening around the nfl you just uh, have to handle that stuff professionally so mm -hmm. i yeah. feel like in the eyes of a lot of coaches in the nfl uh baker hurt himself a lot doing that press conference and expressing himself in that way about hugh jackson yeah, but I I agree with you that uh, most Browns Browns fans felt the same way as Baker Mayfield did about Hugh Jackson, but right. um, as a professional athlete, you have to handle yourself differently in front of the press. Right. Oh, yeah. But yeah, now we got one thing that has been in the news, uh, for the NFL. I don't know for how many months now. And of course, uh, Le'Veon Bell. Um, he didn't report to the Steelers. He's probably not going back to the Steelers next year. But yeah, um, there are a couple of landing spots that uh, he might end up in. But uh, what do you guys think? Uh, what are the landing spots for uh, Le'Veon Bell? Where is he going to well, play next season? Yeah, I mean, uh, the big thing everybody keeps talking about is the Indianapolis Colts, yeah. okay? It, again, Andrew Luck uh, got put on the NFL's Instagram uh, account again, and again, Le'Veon Bell commented on it saying, just imagine me yeah. with Andrew Luck. Think of the, that offensive line the way it is now. Think of what could happen. And again, Toby's going to put up the uh, projected cap salary. Yeah, uh, let's put the Colts it up right are gonna now. Have, yeah, there we go. The Colts are going to have over $120 million worth of cap space. The we have that much cap space available? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I did not that's know it was that big. That's estimated. I mean, it's not the total figure at the moment. But yeah. like you said, Jets are going to be over, hovering over $100 million. The Bills are around 90. The Browns are around 80, and so are the Raiders. Um, if you want to think about it, obviously the Colts have the most cap space. The three biggest targets are the, the Colts and the Jets and, in my opinion, the Raiders. 
the Bills and the 49ers I have are questionable. They both have over $60 million in cap space. I don't think the Bills would really need him because they have uh, LaShawn McCoy, but the 49ers are searching for a running back. You know, they they do think I do think that they think they can use somewhat of, of their uh, chunk to match him up with Jimmy Garoppolo down the seam. But I think some of the teams that uh, are up there that people say they might that might go for him, but I don't think they will, are the Browns, the Texans, and the Cardinals. They yeah. all have over sixty million dollars in cap space. And these are just teams that I say are over $60 million, people that really can afford it. The Cardinals don't need a running back. They have David Johnson. The Texans don't need him. They have a good combination in Alfred Blue and Lamar Miller. The Browns, they think they have a, a dynamite in Nick Chubb and having Duke Johnson. I don't think that they really want him. And, again, am, would I be ecstatic if the Colts got uh, Le'Veon Bell? Absolutely. I would love that combination of Andrew Luck and Le'Veon Bell. Just imagine what that could do. Am I going to be upset if they don't? No, I'm not going to be because I know how Ballard works. He doesn't like to he doesn't like to spend big money on big guys. I guarantee you Le'Veon Bell will be the first free agent after this season's over that will contact Ballard personally to try and set up an interview because he yeah. says, "Look, I do want to be here." I want money, but I do want to be here because I think I like what you guys are doing with this team, and, and especially with what the Colts are doing right now. Uh, Le'Veon said he wants to go to a championship contender. He, I think he thinks this Colts team has the chance to be a championship contender within the next few years at the helm of Andrew Luck. Yeah. Uh, my dream free agency would be to get Le'Veon Bell – Signed to Marcus Lawrence, the uh, defensive end for the uh, Cowboys, and get some other corner, some other big-name yeah. corner. And with the cap space that we have, there's no reason that we shouldn't do it. And especially for as young as this team is, with as many rookies that are playing, and they have their rookie contracts, there's not a lot of guys that we need to sign this year. So it makes total sense that you would try and go for some free agents this year. Right now, the front runner is the Colts, but when it comes to like other teams like the Jets, the Raiders, and the 49ers, I think those are three other teams that have just as good of a chance to land Lady yeah. Bell. You know, I think he will choose the Colts because of that offensive line, but I'm also counting in the Ravens. And I only say the Ravens because they have Lamar Jackson, who's Look, he's going to be the starter next season. Let's all accept the fact yeah. that now. Mm-hmm. And he fits – he looks like he could fit a really – like a spread-style offense, like what they're starting to gear Lamar towards, mm-hmm. like how it was in yeah. college. That's how I could see him going there too. But I don't think the Bills are going to do – like want him over there because I don't think they'll have the money. But they still have LaShawn McCoy. who I, I He's been kind of underwhelming lately. But he still has that speed and uh, agility – even though he's got a few injuries here and there. That's why yeah. I don't really see the Bills going right exactly towards Le'Veon. But the Jets are a mess right now. There's no way he's going to go to the Jets because yeah. Darnold isn't ready for a championship at all. He's going to be out of his prime by the time he is. That's why the Jets are out of it. The Colts, are, the Colts and the Ravens are the only two teams I can actually see him going for. 
Yeah. Those two- if Chris Ballard is willing to make an exception, if if Le'Veon is willing to sign a short-term deal, let's say like two years, and say, yeah. hey, we'll give you $40 million for two years. Go out here, prove you can make this team a, a Super Bowl team. I'll pay you again. I will. I just think Chris Ballard, I think with this cap space, can be a little more aggressive than he has been in the last few years. I I'm think this is, he is, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think this is what he was yeah. saving his money for right here, just for this free agency right now. Yeah, it's a big free agency, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Eric Ebron has a second life in Indianapolis right now. Yeah, yep. I mean, that happens when you actually have a good quarterback. Did you yeah, see that exactly. he actually passed his career stats with the Lions yeah. with that 12 yeah. touchdowns? Yeah. Only 11 touchdowns in his career in Detroit, and look at him now. He's got 12. In one he was season. a Boston Detroit. He was a Boston Detroit, and now he's the best tight yeah, end in totally. football yeah. with this year because he's got the offensive system and the quarterback to get him the football. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, of course you guys are uh, kind of uh, better informed about the Colts and the Le'Veon situation there and the running back situation there uh, as I am. But, yeah, um, I mean, Le'Veon is asking for a long-term deal, preferably four years, with a salary of a minimum of $17 million uh, per year. Some are actually saying he wants $20 millions a year. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I've, I'm going to put up the cap space again. Uh, there are only a handful of teams that can pay uh, Le'Veon Bell right now. Um, yeah. And um, as you guys have said, the Colts, for me, are in the running for, for Le'Veon right now. Um, but I'm not sure if the Colts are willing to pay him that amount of money on a long-term deal. Because he is asking for a lot. He's asking to be the highest paid running back in the league. Yeah. that That's a little bit much. Of course, uh, the second highest cap space were the Chats. But I don't see the Chats paying that much for one guy right now. Because they have just too many holes on the roster that they have to fill. They have to look at about five or six positions that they have to fill in that free agency. So they have to spend their cap space otherwise. Um, then the Bills... Um, yeah, they have Shady McCoy right now, but I could actually see the Bills trading away McCoy and uh, then paying uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell to have him as a as a running back there and maybe get uh, one or two draft picks out of Shady McCoy this year, kind of to get a younger team up there. Because, again, they, they also have a couple of holes on their roster. The issue, I think the one thing that we often get away from we know that Le'Veon wants to play. We obviously know that. Yeah. But I oh. think we are also getting away from the fact he did say he wants to be on a championship contender. Yeah, I, I mean, the only championship contender right now that can pay him are the Colts, and I, I'm not yeah. really convinced that they are willing to pay that amount of money for Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, that's that's where the issue is, is that and the I, only team in the top seven that would give him, that has the money to sign him and is actually championship almost ready is yeah. the cold. Yeah, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna come to the question of uh, is he worth that amount of money after I'm gone through the top five team in cap space there because I think that they are the front runners for Le'Veon Bell actually, and of course we have the Browns, but I think they have figured out their uh, running back situation right now with Nick Chubb, so I don't think that they uh, are willing to sign a Le'Veon Bell right now. 
And yeah. then we have at number five the Raiders, which are kind of interesting to me because I'm not really sure what uh, what they are doing right now. Mm-hmm. What uh, what Gruden is really playing for that team, but I don't. I, think... oh, go ahead, Toby. Yeah, I I I think they might actually uh, are thinking about signing. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, because their two running back right now are Marshawn Lynch, who is really old. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't know if he's actually coming back after his injury right now. And then they have Doug Martin, who is not really producing. So they they are out uh, looking for a running back. So they might sign Le'Veon Bell. But again, I'm not sure if they are paying $17 million for, for Le'Veon right now, because... Again, they have a lot of different holes as well as to most of the teams that have the money right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah Josh, you I mean, wanted. Like, it, it would there, be great yeah. if he would say, if he'd swallow his pride a little bit and say, okay, I'll take 13 14. I know I said I wanted more, but I, I, for the Colts' sake, yeah. if, Chris, if he could say to Chris Ballard, because I like you and I like how you're running your team and I like where the, te- the direction this team's headed. I will cut you some slack. Give me thirteen million. Yeah, but but I mean I mean the the Steelers offered him a deal for four years for fourteen million dollars uh, a year just before the season, and he turned them down because he wants more money. So yeah. I don't see him uh, uh, taking a pay cut now. Yeah. Hey Toby, you know what this is, you know what this is right here? This logo yeah. means it, it it means lucky. We got a luck. We have luck in the quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> They want to put this logo in Lucky Charms for no reason here, yeah. pal. I think we're going to get laid down bell at the end of the season. Yeah, but yeah, I, I was I was talking about uh, or bringing up the question: Should anybody really pay seventeen million dollars a year for Le'Veon Bell? And um, I mean, like I do, I've looked at the numbers right now, um, and I mean. He wants to be the highest paid running back in the league with that amount of money. Right now, the highest paid running back in the league is Todd Gurley, who signed a uh, deal for $57.5 million, uh, $57. million over four years, which is an average of $14.375 million per year with the Rams, of course. And now, um, of course, the first thing you're looking at is the age of Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley. At the start of the 2019 season, Le'Veon Bell will be 27 years old and Todd Gurley will be 25 years old. So uh, Le'Veon Bell is looking for a four-year deal, so he's looking at a deal that puts him in the 30s at the end of the contract, which, of course, for running back, if you're having a three as the first digits of your age, yeah, people are looking different at the year. So otherwise... Yeah. Well, yeah, but Frank Gore is a different kind of breed of running back. Yeah. Frank the Tank. Yeah, of course, there are always exceptions, but still, people are still looking differently at Frank Gore once he turned 30. So, um, I mean, that's one thing for Todd Gurley, uh, for Le'Veon Bell, sorry. Um, He is looking for a contract into his 30s with an average of $15 million a year being the highest paid running back. And if we're looking at the numbers right now, that are the stats for Le'Veon Bell uh, last season. Of course, he doesn't have any stats this year. And he had uh, 321 carries over 15 games for 1,291 yards and 9 touchdowns. Receiving, he had 85 receptions over 107 targets 
with 655 yards and two touchdowns. So he had a total of about 2,000 yards and 11 touchdowns. But now if you're looking at Todd Gurley, he had also played only 15 games last season, as he said the last week of last season, as the Rams were already in the playoffs. Uh, and he had 279 uh, 79 carries, but managed to do 1,300 yards, a little bit more than uh, Le'Veon Bell. And compared to the nine rushing touchdowns that Le'Veon Bell had, uh, Todd Gurley had 13 rushing touchdowns, so a couple more. In the receiving t- uh, department, uh, t- uh, uh, Todd Gurley had 64 receptions on 87 targets, less than Le'Veon Bell, but had over 100 yards more than uh, Le'Veon Bell did in, t- in Pittsburgh. And also, Todd Gurley, again, had more uh, receiving touchdowns than Le'Veon Bell had with six touchdowns compared to two touchdowns receiving. Um, so if you're looking at the stats right there, Todd Gurley is the better running back with the stats, receiving and rushing, and he's producing more touchdowns. So if I'm looking at the stuff, age, stats, and all that, I feel like that Todd Gurley should be paid more than Le'Veon Bell. So I feel like uh, a contract for Le'Veon Bell with 13, 13.5 million a year would be uh, kind of the right number for Le'Veon Bell, but I don't think any team should pay Le'Veon Bell 17 or even 20 million dollars right now. Yeah, I mean, I think if he were, let's say he goes to the Colts at the end of the season, I think his receiving is going to shoot way up. And I think behind this offensive line that is far superior to the Steelers' offensive line right now, even without Ryan Kelly, I think his stats would drastically increase, especially in this kind of offense we have here. Yeah. Because, I mean, and the reason his receiving is low is because they have Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster yeah. over there. Yeah, but I, I mean, uh, if you're looking at the rushing, the Steelers always had a pretty good uh, offensive line. If you're yeah. looking at James Conner right now, he still can't produce in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, if you're looking at it, the, the, the offensive line in LA for Todd Gurley is not the best as well. So, and they it's also not the best. It just it a lot of times depends on scheme. I mean, you're totally right. Todd Gurley has been putting up more yeah, stats. But I, 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 I feel like Pittsburgh and the LA Rams, uh, in comparison to the running back game, they are really comparable in my opinion, because they, they both have. Good receivers, and I would put Jared Goff and Big Ben at the same kind of quarterback. Uh, how good the quarterback is, so uh, they they are about the same. They are not in uh, any way the same uh, type of guy. They are pretty different, but in in the way they are playing it, the game. But um. I mean, I I think that the Rams and Pittsburgh from uh, the stats at running back are pretty comparable. So I think Todd Gurley is just a better running back than Le'Veon Bell. So why should Le'Veon Bell be paid more than Todd Gurley? Right. I just I think that we can all agree at the end of, at the at right this moment the Colts are the favorites to land Le'Veon Bell, but it, it's still way way too early to see if that'll actually happen. Yeah. True. And. No, yeah, like I said, he he's probably gonna have to take a pay cut, and but yeah. But now we talked enough about Le'Veon Bell and all that stuff. Uh, now coming back to this season, and of course, um, we did this I think three, 
oh sorry about that um three weeks ago with our power rankings we're gonna update them today or actually starting off with the mvp race first uh let's talk about the mvp of the season first um so yeah guys we've talked about mvp a little bit before but actually now we're doing the rankings um who wants to be the first one talking about and how they're ranking the guys right now uh, i think i'll start this one off toby and josh i think we all agree on the first and the second place when it comes to mvp voting i think uh Third, we kind of have a, a little bit of a disagreement yeah. with Toby on that one. But I think right now, obviously, number one is Drew Brees. He's first in the NFL in passer rating by a mile. He's leading the league in touchdown to interception ratio, having thrown, I think it's 27 or 28 touchdowns to only two interceptions yeah. so far. He's leading the best team in the NFL right now. He's possibly about to break the record for the most accurate season in NFL history. Right now, he's yeah. at 75%, and that would surely beat his previous record last year, which was 72%, Yeah, which is absolutely and crazy as it is. I mean, obviously, Drew Brees has help. He has a lot of talent on both sides of the ball, but obviously, the system doesn't go without Drew Brees right now. I totally think that Drew Brees is the best quarterback in football right now. And given all his stats, I mean, I just don't see how you can't put him at number one at this moment. And yeah. then a close second is Drew is Andrew Luck right now. Uh, he's second in the NFL in touchdowns, only behind Patrick Mahomes. He's having the best season statistically of his entire career. He's easily going to be comeback player of the year. He's got the second highest efficiency in the NFL in the last six weeks. He's got an average team. I mean, that's the thing. People think that, you know, Andrew Luck is doing this because of because he has so much help. I mean, sure, his offensive line is improved, and but realistically, his receiving core hasn't really gotten that much better. I mean, T.Y. Hilton's always been there. Uh, Ebron's the only real new addition to that receiving yeah. core. He's making him look like an all-star, and his defense is average. And again, he and Drew Brees amplify the words most valuable. Put any other quarterback on that Colts team, besides a few exceptions at quarterback, there are very few team quarterbacks that could lead this team the way it's going right now. And especially at a six and five record, the Colts realistically could finish this year ten and six. They re realistically could, yep. and that's amazing considering there were people out there who said the Colts were going to have the worst record in the NFL. And then number three is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he obviously holds the touchdown record. Uh, I think he's he's a little turnover prone in the two biggest games of the year so far. He's had multiple turnovers. He's thrown seven interceptions, has had a couple of uh, balls that were knocked out of his hands by defenders, and he has a lot of help with him on his offensive yeah. side, including one probably the best play-calling uh, head coach in the NFL. But obviously Patrick Mahomes deserves a lot of credit for what he's done and how he's led the Chiefs. So, yeah, Drew Brees is my MVP. And second is Andrew Luck, really close. We'll have to see how that goes later. 
And then three is Patrick Mahomes. All right. So, Josh, give us yours. I think it's about uh, the same. No, it's not about the same. It is the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, bring it up on screen. Yeah. Uh, yeah Let's see it, it again. Right well, I mean, you got to give Breeze as much as I like. I just adore Andrew Luck as a quarterback. I just think Breeze has just had the most productive season. It's pretty much like playing Madden and just maxing out his stats and everything. Yeah. Right. Even though Andrew Luck, I believe, has thrown more touchdowns than uh, Drew Brees as of right now, yeah, I think that Brees' accuracy is what's doing it right now. It's just yeah. remarkable at how accurate he is. It's just the minute that ball leaves his hands, you know that the wide receiver is probably going to catch it about half the yeah. time, just depending on if there's pass interference because Brees never overthrows. He, the wide receiver is just not fast enough. Exactly. True, yeah. Yep. And then with Andrew Luck, by far the, his best season in his entire career right now, I think he's going to go up from here. And I think he is going to reach 40 touchdowns this season, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he, I mean, he's he just got 32 passed. right now, and he's got five more games to go. I mean, you just have to throw two touchdowns per game, which he definitely can do. Oh, yeah. And I think that they said that he just passed uh, Peyton Manning. He passed or tied Peyton Manning for most consecutive games with three touchdowns. I think it was. I think he was uh, tied Peyton Manning at eight. Yeah. So I think if he throws another three touchdowns, which is more than likely right now, without a right. doubt, yeah. he's on verge to passing Tom Brady with uh, ten touchdown or ten games with three or more touchdowns in a season. Right. And I think I just put Mahomes in the back there because touchdown leader. Every time he throws it, it's almost a guaranteed touchdown. Sure, he's like Derek said, turnover prone. And I think that he still needs a lot of work done to be done. Yeah. But I think Andy Reid stays in Kansas City. He's going to be the next Aaron Rodgers, without a doubt. Yeah, you know, after learning from uh, Alex Smith, who could be his Brett Favre in this hypothetical sense here. Yeah. I, with that, if Andy Reid leaves, I think Mahomes is going to start to suffer. So I think they just got to keep Reid there. And, yeah, that's all I got to really say about it. Yeah. All right, Toby, let's see yours, which is – Yeah, I, 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 I have a little bit of a difference in there. We're, we, we can't do all the same. But, yeah, mine right now, the first two are the same. Drew Brees, like you guys already said, this season so far is just phenomenal. I think it's – uh, one of the best, if not the best season a quarterback has ever had in the NFL. So uh, just with that touchdown to interception ratio that he has right now is unbelievable. That completion uh, percentage that he, that he has, that it, it, he just plays a different game right now. Of course, he has a little bit of a supporting cast with uh, Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, but still uh, as I've said before, in the game against the Falcons, he had four undrafted free agents uh, catching touchdown passes from him there. Uh, I don't think many other quarterbacks can throw a pass that guys like that can just that easily catch. And uh, so for me, Drew Brees is the clear favorite for MVP right now. I think actually the MVP race is right now between Drew Brees and Andrew Luck, but Andrew Luck... I don't know. I think he has to surpass 50 touchdown passes this season to be uh, 
anywhere close to Dubreeze in regards to the MVP award. Uh, I think there's still a, a pretty big gap there between the two uh, in regards of the MVP award, but Andrew Luck so far has had a phenomenal season. I think uh, some people are saying that uh, JJ Watt should get the uh, uh, award for return play of the year, uh, but... I, I think Andrew Luck is should get that award easily this year. JJ uh, Watt, sorry, dude, but <laughs> just a bad timing that you came back the same year that uh, Andrew Luck came back into the league as well. Mm-hmm. Um, at number three, I actually don't have a quarterback. I, I'm going with Aaron Donald. I think he's just uh, more valuable than any other player uh, for his respective team at the LA Rams. I think he is the reason that the Rams won the game against Kansas City on Monday Night Football. And a lot of other games that the the Rams won were because of Aaron Donald and the pressure that he got on the quarterback. Um, And he's just forcing mistakes off the opposing quarterback and the opposing offense. He's just a beast. So I got him at three, just ahead of Patrick Mahomes at number four. I actually don't see these two guys essentially in the MVP race anymore. Uh, for me, Patrick Mahomes is behind Aaron Donald. It's just because he's making too many mistakes. And I don't think he is really that valuable to the Kansas City Chiefs. Because he just has so much talent around him on offense. As you've seen last year, uh, Alex Smith had the same team around him at wide receiver and running back and tight end in Travis Kelsey. Um, and... He also had a phenomenal record in the regular season. So for me, there is not that much difference between Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes in the valuable department for the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's why uh, Patrick Mahomes is just not there in the race for MVP anymore, just because he's not really that valuable for the Chiefs as other quarterbacks like Drew Brees and Andrew Luck are for the Saints or the Colts. You know, yeah. there's, a, there's a difference between statistically great and being very valuable. Yeah. yeah. Sure. You know what I noticed between all of our choices? There was no Tom Terrific. Yeah. Where, of, course there wasn't. of course there wasn't. It's kind of great to say no Tom Terrific. Yeah. It, it's nice to have that one year that we don't have to talk about Tom Brady being the league MVP. But like I've said before in my uh, weekly recap, uh, he's just not playing well the last couple of weeks. So, yeah. Um, All right. You know what? That most valuable thing you said, Toby, right there. Yeah. Is Tom Brady really that valuable to them? Because they've proven that they can win with other quarterbacks like Matt Castle. And yeah, I that, 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 that's true. Trump, Tom Tom Brady is uh, was for me never in the most valuable player uh, discussion in any year because it's a system and the system that the Patriots are playing can make about every quarterback look good. Yeah. That's why, that's why I I didn't want to have like a weird segue, but I'm just like, yeah, I started to think about that when you're talking about like, you know, all the other quarterbacks, I'm just thinking of like, they they prove that they can win at least 11 games with Matt Castle when Tom Brady went out. So if, if Brady's out, they're still winning games. Even when Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett started, they still won their games. So yeah, the the most valuable guy on the Patriots is Bill Belichick. Yeah, totally that's it. True. Totally true. That's, that's why I think Tom Brady always winning the MVP 
he's not va- he's not really that valuable at all. It's nice yeah. to see it's nice to see a different veteran and seeing a couple of young quarterbacks in in the league now getting yeah, the chance true. to get the award as well. True, yeah. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, talking about the decline of the Patriots, I think we're going to jump on that topic again in our next segment, which is as I've already mentioned a little bit too early, but now we're actually coming to our power rankings. So, yeah, Derek, you're starting us off again, I think. All right. All right, well, let's do this, shall we? Okay. Obviously, number one, number one obviously isn't changing. The New Orleans Saints needs to stay where they are. Uh, the Chiefs, I think, are still better. I know that they've lost to the Rams and to the Patriots earlier, but I do believe that the main reason for the Chiefs losing those games is because of turnovers. And I know that that stuff can get cleaned up. I do believe that the Chiefs are number two right now because of how dominant their offense is at the moment. I'm sure that this may likely change down the road. But at this moment, if you're going toe-to-toe with the Saints, there's only a couple teams that I think could stay in toe-to-toe with the Saints, and that's one of them is the Chiefs. The Rams right behind them. Obviously, the Rams are still a very good team even without Cooper Cup. Uh, they obviously deserve to stay in there. Uh, the Patriots. I know Toby may have a different opinion on this, but I still can't quite get over the fact that they still have Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. I know that they haven't played very well the last few weeks, but when those two get, but when they actually get the right game plan, there's very few teams that can stop them. And just right now, I know that you know they've they've struggled recently, but I'm still going to keep them at number four. And number five is a little difficult for me, but I definitely have to give it to the Chargers. The Chargers now with Joey Bosa into the mix, their defense has a new light behind them. Phillip Rivers is having a career year right now. We It seems that we say that every year, but he keeps having better years. The, with Melvin Gordon in their backfield, even though he's injured right now, uh, he, he'll be back and then he'll be ready for playoff time and he'll be ready to go. Uh, the Chargers at number five. All right. So, Josh, uh, yeah, give us your power rankings then. Well, and it's the same. I got the Saints, uh, Chiefs, and Rams as the top three just because two of the teams have, you know, a high. one of the teams has a high-powered offense, excuse me, and that's the Chiefs. Their defense still needs to be a, get a little bit of work done, but I think when it comes to later on in like the playoffs, I'd say I even trust the Chiefs more than the Rams, just because they have essentially more weapons on offense than what the uh, Rams have. Yeah. When it comes to tight end, wide receiver, and running back, the Chiefs have that covered. That's why I'm still putting them in front of the Rams, even though the Rams beat them. And at number four, I got the Bears because they're clicking now. Their defense is looking phenomenal right now. And with Trubisky coming back soon, I can just see them essentially come close to winning out the rest of the season and securing that NFC North spot. And number five, I can already hear you typing down the comment section. You biased son of a gun. I say, (laughs) I tell you no. I tell you no. Just because, because Andrew Luck, if he's there, you're winning. It doesn't matter. You can say that you lost. But he lost. Andrew Luck, he can't do it. He lost. 
No, the defense failed them on numerous occasions there. And it's never Andrew Luck's true fault. It's the defense. And once they get that defense tightened down, Darius Leonard heading up the captain spot next season, because I can guarantee it right now, with the supporting cast is going to come in the future. But that's in the future. I just got the Colts at five because they're firing on all cylinders for the first time in since 2009, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's coming back together. That's why I'm moving them up to five. I mean, no, nobody from ESPN is going to be like tweeting at me saying, why are you, you Mel Kuyper wannabe Jizo Pete's look at you. <laughs> then watch somebody's actually going to do that. Oh yeah. Somebody <laughs> even in the comment section, that's where all comments go to die. But yeah, that's yeah. my power right there. Yeah. And I, 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 <laughs> I, I gotta be honest with you, Josh. I was really thinking about putting the Colts in my top five as well. So you're not alone here, but in the end, they just not quite made the cut for me. And yeah, the first three teams are the same for me as well. Number one, the saints are uh, clear for me. I also have the chiefs in front of the Rams right now. I think if uh, the game uh, would have been in Mexico, like it, it was originally planned. I think the Rams would might not have won that game against the chiefs. So I think it was just the home field advantage for for the Rams. Of course, with all the emotion of all the people that were uh, kind of affected by the fires in L.A. the week before that and all that stuff that came up and inspired the team there as well. So I think at the end, uh, the Chiefs are just a, a little bit better of a football team right now. So I have the Chiefs at number two. The Rams at number three, that's for me, is the kind of top block after that it is kind of a huge gap there and for me at number four is actually the Houston Texans and the reason why is they like I've said this before and I already had the Houston Texans in my top five uh, when we did this a couple of weeks ago uh, is that the Texans have a good team on both sides of the ball they have a good quarterback they have good receivers they have a good running back they have a decent O-line and they have a, a pretty decent uh defense of course with the headline being JJ Watt uh, so for me the Texans are at number four of course you can't disregard the eight uh, the eight week winning streak in Houston as well of course they might not have the toughest teams to play yet um, and at number five I'm also giving the Bears some love uh, they're looking pretty good right now their offense is good they they are not great. Let's be honest about that. Even with Mitch Trubisky playing, uh, they are uh, about a fringe top 10 team on offense. But the defense, of course, with Khalil Mack is just phenomenal. And that's what the, uh, is winning them games right now. So I have the Bears at five. And I got to agree with you, Josh. Uh, I'm also seeing the Bears winning out the season right now and clinching the NFC North. And... Uh, having a pretty good playoff run as well. Uh, so that's my power rankings as well. Uh, everybody has something different at four and five. So, but I think at four and five, it's actually pretty close. There are a couple of teams that you can put there that are kind of interchangeable, but the top three are a pretty clear group right now. Right. Uh, in right. the league. Mm-hmm. But okay. Moving on from the power rankings and, I, I really liked what we did last week with that quick fire round for, for every game. Just uh, 
doing a quick predictions and not talking too much about the games actually. So yeah. why why aren't we doing this again this week? Uh, I'm gonna t- uh, tell you what game we're talking about and maybe a quick explanation, couple of words, but just give me your predictions for the game. All right, let's try it with just three words. Only three words. You gotta try All to right. say three words. Let's do it. Uh, Baltimore at Atlanta. Baltimore, Atlanta. Lamar Jackson. Loss. <laughs> Lamar Jackson win. <laughs> Felton's at home. There, uh, yeah, there, there we go. I like this. Keep going. Yeah, second game: Carolina Panthers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Panthers overpower Bucks. Oh gosh. <laughs> See, now we're taking more time doing that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Big Newton all the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, Cam is hot right now. Yeah, that's forwards, but it doesn't matter. Uh, Chicago at New York Giants. All right. Uh, Bears defense dominates. Mac Daddy's house. I'm just going with Khalil Mack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Buffalo at Miami. Dolphins revenge win. Gosh. Dolphins climb Tannehill. <laughs> uh, Buffalo sucks. Straight yeah. up. They only needed two words. Yeah. Indianapolis at Jacksonville. Six straight wins. Twelve is lucky. <laughs> Andrew Luck, baby. I was sitting right in front of me. Cleveland at Houston. Horns down, Browns. Watson all the way. Make it nine. (laughs) Denver at Cincinnati. Broncos will win. Ooh. Bronco kick tiger. (laughs) Green no help. (laughs) <laughs> there you go. There you go. This uh, is taking longer. Yeah. <laughs> LA Rams at the Detroit Lions. Todd Gurley special. Stafford gets rammed. <laughs> that, good one. <laughs> Rams win again. Arizona mm-hmm. at Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers, baby. Pack it up. Cardinals leaving. I know it was four, but I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> yeah. I'm right, we'll making four next. Yeah, I, I'm, ju- I'm just going to go with Packers at home. Yeah, yeah. 
Kansas City at Oakland. Patrick Mahomes dominates. Chilling with Mahomes. <laughs> I, uh, I had a feeling that one was coming. <laughs> give me 60. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that could be a possibility. Yeah. Then we got the Chats at the Titans. Which QB again? <laughs> Not another one. <laughs> um, In case you're wondering at home, I chose the Titans. but Yeah, <laughs> yeah same here, same here, yeah. Titans downing <laughs> Chats. There we go. Yeah, yeah we all had Tennessee <laughs> on that one. Then we got the 49ers at the Seahawks. Seahawks fly high. Seahawks up 49. 12th man wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnesota at New England. Patriots at home. Purple people eaters. I'm going to do this in one. Skull. Oh, yeah. (laughs) L.A. Chargers at uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. L.A. Charge. Electrifying Rivers. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I kind of can't do mine now. Oh, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Electrocuting Big Ben. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. All right. All right. Redskins at Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. <laughs> Loud eagle shriek. Loud eagle shriek. That's quite the words. Um. Philly, Philly, I guess. Philly, 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 Philly. All right, that's that's it with our yeah very interesting predictions this week. If you haven't caught on on our predictions right now, I'm gonna put up uh, a summary of all our predictions at the end of this video. Uh, if you're listening to this on Spotify, um, a picture of all our predictions is going to be on my Twitter. Probably Derek is going to retweet it as well. My Twitter is uh, SkiRacer236. Derek is at Derek underscore larger if you want to f- check it out. Um, but for now, this is it for this week's podcast. Um, thank you guys for uh, being on again. And yeah, glad to be here. Yeah. Like, I, subscribe. Yeah, yeah, like and subscribe, yeah. and yeah. we'll subscribe see you next week. <laughs> subscribe to PewDiePie. Yes, we yeah. cannot watch these series to come in here and ruin PewDiePie forever. All subscribe right. To PewDiePie. <laughs> see you next week. See ya. Yeah.